0: Morning, afternoon, evening. Welcome to the Royal Deluxe Podcast, a daily podcast about the Kansas City Royals. Your post game recap for today, April fifteenth, twenty twenty two. That was actually yesterday. That's how we do it. Whatever. The Kansas City Royals were defeated by the Detroit Tigers by a score of one to two. The Royals fall to a 2-5 record, while the Tigers improve to 4-4 on the season. The winning pitcher is Jacob Barnes, who holds a 1-0 record and a 0 ERA so far. Joe Jimenez is credited with his first hold of the year, and Michael Fulmer recorded his first save of the year. The losing pitcher of the game is Brad Keller, who now has an Oh, and one record and a 1.38 ERA on the season. I don't feel like we even need to talk about the pitching because Brad Keller, I will not stand for any Brad Keller erasure. All right. Brad Keller respect. Respect his name, respect the man. This man is doing everything he can for this team. He's trying to carry it on his back. He's really, really doing his best. And once again, the second, we are two for two and not coming through for Brad Keller. First game, we couldn't score anything. At least we won that game, though. Today, we instead hang an L on him after he pitched seven innings. Gave up two runs, gave up three hits, just two walks and five strikeouts. And that one, the one sort of mistake he made was giving up a home run to Spencer Torkelson. The guy, he's 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 Detroit's guy. He's the 2020 first overall pick. This guy's supposed to be a big stud player and man. He absolutely—I guess the 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 phrasing the kids are using these days—is he absolutely torqued it? He it, that was a mammoth blast that he uh, just gave up uh, that he just put on Brad Keller. It, oh yeah, that was a uh, that was brutal. But that was it—two runs in seven innings. I'm sorry that we like if you if you're looking at the pitching and being like, oh man, this pitching sucks. All right, the offense scored one run. What What is Brad Keller supposed to do? I'm sorry that we don't have Jacob deGrom in this game. We're certainly hitting like Jacob deGrom is in the game, so I guess we're halfway there. And then the bullpen was flawless. Salmont and Barlow came in, only threw strikes, just perfect, basically. Nothing wrong there. So Brad Keller, you know, he's he's back. I'm telling you, Brad Keller is fixed Whatever issue he had last year, it's gone. I, I feel like I'm very I am extremely confident. I am like one hundred percent confident in Brad Keller right now. I think that we can we can rely on him to make consistent starts. We're gonna rely on him to, to be a, a good pitcher, a quality starting pitcher, and you know, really help anchor this rotation, maybe become the ace of this rotation after Zach Greinke leaves because I don't know who else at this <laughs> rotation is exactly ace caliber. Maybe if Daniel Lynch improves quickly enough. In any case, pitching was absolutely stellar. It was actually a no-hitter duel for a few innings, because our opposing pitcher was Tarek Scooball of the Tigers, and yet both him and Keller had no hitters going for a couple of innings. Tarek Scooball actually had a perfecto, I think, going into the fourth inning, but we were able to score on the fourth inning, and it, it looked like we were on to something for a little bit, it, it looked like we were starting to get to him, we were starting to take more pitches, we got a little bit of help from Angel Hernandez, because uh, it, Angel Hernandez is, is in this league still, somehow, and we were starting to get some hits off of him, and one of them ended up turning into a kind of lucky run, thanks to some poor fielding from, uh what, what was it, there was a guy, uh Harold Castro, I believe it was, I think he was the one who botched the play. Yeah, so uh, that's cool. But Detroit had some pretty fantastic stops to uh, help them out. Because Jamer Candelario at third base made a fantastic play, I believe, to end that fourth inning. It was a really, really good play. And in the ninth inning, we got some hard-hit balls that... Austin Meadows made a sliding catch for it, and Jonathan Scope made a leaping catch at second base for another one. It's just like we got bappiped, basically. We just got bappiped at the end, and BAPIP, You can blame it on some things, and to a, to an extent, you can blame it on this game and and the and the lack of offense because it's not like. You know, we were taking horrible approaches all game. I feel like, you know, at some points, the Royals hitters were onto something, and they just got a little bit unlucky, and that happens. But at the end of the day, we still scored one run. Uh, we are still trotting out the same lineup, and at this point, it's five games. It's a f- We have a five-game losing streak now. And even when we and even when we were winning games, they, we weren't winning by a lot. We were squeaking out wins, and this, uh, I, I, you know, it, it needs to change. Something in the lineup needs to change. Maybe it's Carlos Santana. He actually had a good hit today, and he got he was one of those bapip guys. He uh, had the the liner to scope that was just. Uh, an un- un- unlucky grab basically so maybe he he almost had a two-hit game but yeah he was uh the one of the only guys who got a hit today Salvi got a couple of hits so Salvi had a good day uh Nicky Lopez got a couple of hits would have been cool if maybe he was um higher up on the uh in the lineup and not hitting ninth, so that maybe Salvi could drive him in a little easier Maybe Santana could have helped drive him in as well. Maybe we could have gotten another run by having Nicky Lopez hitting second instead of ninth. But I, someone decided that this is a lineup that we should be uh, sending out every single game. So, cool. And we had some good defense on our own. Modesty was once again making some fantastic plays. Um, even Santana himself was make made, made a, a good play. You know, we had we we have defense. It's it's like I've kind of been saying. I mean, I feel like at this point, I'm just saying stuff that I've already been saying on this podcast. We have a great defensive team. Brad Keller is fantastic on the mound, and we are not we are not scoring runs whatsoever. Occasionally, someone's getting hits. Nicky Lopez is you know hitting well. He's hitting 350 so far in the season. No one else is really doing anything though. And um, yeah. So I guess today the big story is Bobby Witt Jr. What do we do with Bobby Witt Jr. Because Bobby seems like it's been a minute since he's uh gotten a hit. I mean, he had the triple a couple days ago in the first Detroit game, but basically, aside from that, it, it feels like he hasn't really done anything since uh his his double in the in opening day. He is hitting 107 on the season so far, and it's seven games in the season, but. You know, we gotta start asking ourselves, is Bobby Witt Jr. a bust? No! No! It's seven games into his major league career. Seven games. No. That is not, even if you are the most pessimistic person on the planet, that is not what being a bust means. It will take years to determine if someone is truly and honestly a bust all right i i always bring up vlad junior when we talk about how good or badly bobby's debut season could be okay vlad junior and vlad junior wasn't bad when he came into the league all right but he wasn't amazing either and this is kind of what I have been kind of expecting from Bobby. You know, he didn't. Vlad Jr. came into this league, and he had an alright debut. He hit decently, but he wasn't amazing. And the reason why I really highlight this is because when Vlad Jr. came into the league, he was considered to be the best hitting prospect ever. Ever! And people were like screaming at the Blue Jays to call him up to the major leagues because he was just absolutely destroying AAA and it was pretty obvious that they were only keeping him down there so they could get, you know, an extra season out of him. They were doing the the cool service time manipulation. All right, but Vlad Jr. being the best hitting prospect in majors had a 2 war season. It's like again it's fine it's not a bad debut i'm not saying that but it took him 3 seasons it wasn't until last year where vlad junior really came and established himself as a truly elite hitter in this league all right and i'm not saying bobby needs that much time maybe it'll be he could be better he could be worse but i am saying you can't just expect immediate results from anybody. Hell, we might as well talk about Alex Gordon because until Bobby, Alex Gordon was considered the best prospect the Royals have ever had. And it took him four years to be as good as he was. It took him years. We had to completely redefine Gordo as a player. We had to completely change the way He plays and sees and and interacts with the game for him to become a star player. And he, you know, and he's another guy who was just considered this world-ending prospect, but he wasn't, like, amazing when he came to the league. In fact, Gordo's first nine games, he was hitting less than 100. He had, like, two hits, three hits. In his first nine games, it was awful. He looked awful at first. All right, now here's the thing. Bobby Wood Jr. isn't a bust. I think we can safely say that. Look, you can come back in like four years and be. And, and if Bobby still isn't hitting well, you can be like oh, Mr. DeLuxe. Oh, you were so wrong about Bobby. He was, totally was a bust. Okay, in four years. Maybe, we'll get there when we get there. That's a conversation we'll have in four years, and then we'll we're, we're really going to have to have a, a depressing conversation. It's like, oh man, what 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 happened to Bobby Wood Jr.? We really had high hopes for that guy. How did it go so wrong? How did everything get so bad? But not now, not after seven games of his major league career. So. He's not a bust. But, is he hitting well? No. Does he look outmatched at the plate? Yes. That's something I can concede. Bobby does not look particularly great at the plate. He's definitely getting messed up by the pitch selection in this league. Someone pointed out that he's almost exclusively seeing breaking pitches. No one is throwing him fastballs. Although I think people started throwing him fastballs today, and that messed him up because you know he's being conditioned to expect breaking pitches all the time. So it's tough. You know, it is tough for him. It's tough to be a major league hitter. So what do we do? Do we send him to AAA and just let him figure it out? No. No, Bobby's current goal is to figure out major league pitching. It's not like his mechanics are just specifically wrong. He just needs to experience major league pitching. You are not getting that in AAA. You're not getting that at any minor league level. He has nothing to prove down there. If Bobby goes to AAA, he's going to hit 350. Okay, he's just going to crush the ball. He's going to crush whoever's down there. It's going to be unfair to be a pitcher in the same league as Bobby if you're in the minors. He cannot go down there. There's nothing for him to do. He has to stay here, and he has to figure it out at this current level. That's all there really is to it. Now, I'm open to moving him around in the lineup, taking him out of the number two spot. I mean, I've been saying for several days now that the lineup should change because clearly this lineup is not working. It is not producing runs. You, you've you got guys who can get hits. You've got guys who can get on base, but it is not translating to runs at the end of the day. All right? I've been saying, Bobby at five, Lopez at two, maybe even one because Whit Merrifield isn't exactly helping us right now. He isn't off to the best start, and you know, we're, i mean, I know it's been—it's been like an automatic thing to have Whit Merrifield leading off, but I mean, right now, I mean, Nikki Lopez can probably just do the same thing better at the moment. Mondesi at nine. I see. I see people say Whit Junior at nine, and I disagree with that. I think that's just why are we giving the guy who has the most approve the fewest at bats? That doesn't make sense to me. I don't I don't agree with that. But yes, he should move down on the lineup. But you can't send him trip to triple A. He's not that's not going to fix the problem. It's not going to do anything. It's just wasting time at this point. All we can do is just keep him here, keep him at the major league level and if you want to e- argue about like service time or whatever, I don't even know if that will apply. At this point, because we call him up on opening day, but if we do send him down to, like, I don't know, try getting an extra year out of him, first of all, no, disgusting, just, just don't do that, don't do that at all. Second, it doesn't matter, because either A, Bobby is a bust, and then it doesn't matter because we're going to, like, release him in four years or something anyway, it's not going to really matter how much service time he has. You know, if he's bad and if he's if he is really, really good, I think that we're going to give him the Patrick Mahomes treatment. We're going to give him the Fernando Tatis treatment. We're just going to give him a 13 year extension when he's 25 or something, because that's what everyone in the league is doing. If he's really as good as we want him to be and he's really that important to us, that's what we're going to do. So service time really does not matter for for Bobby. Don't worry about that. And either if none of those things happen, if neither of that happens, we'll have that conversation in four years. All right? Come back in four years for the Bobby Wood Jr. conversation. But he cannot go to AAA. He cannot hit in the minors. I mean, he can hit in the minors, but that's besides the, the point. He doesn't need to hit in the minors. He needs to hit at the major league level. He needs to face major league pitching. And here's the thing I'm going to throw a bone here. Um, you you you're welcome to disagree with this. You're welcome to yell at me at Royal Deluxe Pod at, on Twitter, or send me an email at Royal Deluxe Podcast at gmail.com, as I always say. But the thing is, we haven't exactly gone against terrible pitching in this in in our schedule. You know, I dare say we've had a really hard schedule so far. All right. I I did predict the Guardians to be, you know, not great of a team, but they do have good pitching. That is the thing they've got going for them. They have a really, really good pitching staff. Then we wind up against the Cardinals, who didn't have their best stuff. That was the one day that I think we had, you know, not good pitching. But then these two Tigers games, I know some people have really low expectations for the Tigers, but I kind of don't. I I expected them to win this division because – They've got Casey Mize, who was another number one overall pick, who, you know, is just excellent and is getting better and better, and Tarek Skubal, who was another highly rated prospect for them. Tarek Skubal, like, some people were kind of upset, like, oh man, we're going up against this terrible pitcher, Tarek Skubal. He's not a terrible pitcher! Look, his MLB career has not gone off to the best start, but this guy has nasty stuff, and we saw that. We absolutely saw that today. He uh, He was... Untouchable for the first three or four innings. No, the first three innings, sorry. Tarek Screwball was great. We just haven't had much of a break so far. All right. I'm not excusing a five-game losing streak necessarily. I am just saying it, it, it hasn't been the easiest schedule. I mean, obviously, some of these games were maybe most of these games were winnable we should have done better in at least some of them. Definitely. I will absolutely agree with that. But it's not as if we've gone up against, you know, the Baltimore the Baltimore Orioles and the Oakland Athletics and I don't know, what other terrible team exists in the league. The Kansas City Royals. It's not like we're facing those losers. You know, we're 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 up against some some really tough competition right now. So Maybe don't be so alarmed by Bobby not immediately hitting as well as we want. But there are other problems. And, and, you know, I'm not saying that he's not, it's not a problem that he's not hitting, but there are solutions to this. I think we all need to calm down a little bit, relax, take it easy. It's a long season. You know, I I, I thought we had planned on sitting here together for six months. We're going to be, we're stuck here for six months. We're stuck in this season for six months, unfortunately, whether you like it or not. So let's do our best to keep a level head and enjoy it as much as we can. All right. Five game losing streaks. They're not fun. They really definitely are not. Hopefully it will be uh, a, a winning streak soon, hopefully it won't become a six game losing streak. Hopefully, we'll be out of this soon, and we can get back to uh you know uh having fun watching the Royals play baseball because I like to have fun watching the Royals play baseball. Sometimes it does get a little bit difficult, but hey. Brad Keller pitched really well, and I love watching Brad Keller pitch. So, thank you to Brad Keller. Shout out to that guy, and shout out to you for listening. I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you very much for listening to this. I would love to hear from you at Royal Deluxe Pod on Twitter or Royal Deluxe Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much for making this a part of your day and I hope you're having a good one. I'm Lux. Go Royals.